getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. 22 of 27. Damn. 309 yards. First rookie in NFL history with 300 yards and three TDs and first road start. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal at the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And Zonkar, touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercise the demons. This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. We're a few minutes earlier than we had this podcast scheduled on YouTube and Facebook, but hey, man, when the Denver Broncos go on the road and motorboat a playoff caliber team with a rookie <laughs> quarterback named Drew Locke, you go early, man. We're, we're quick on the trigger today. Chad Jensen, Zach Kelberman coming to you live, the Huddle Up podcast powered by Overtime Media. How's it going, brother? What's, what's racing through your mind right now, the gut reaction to what you just saw from Drew Locke? It's amazing when you finally have new blood under center, how it energizes the entire team. It's no coincidence, Chad, we saw today the defense making plays, scoring touchdowns, getting interceptions. We haven't seen that for what feels like years. Drew Locke comes under center, another win for him. Uh, Rich Scangarello finally gets his quarterback that best fits his system, Chad, and he calls the best game of his career as a coordinator so far. It's no coincidence. I couldn't be more impressed with this Broncos offense, and we will look back on this game. It might be 2020. It might be a couple weeks from now. We will look back on this game as the turning point in the Fangio era with Locke under center. This is the game that's going to be remembered when they go on a run 
the statement when they need it. This is the game, man. This gives you a glimpse of the vision that Elway and Fangio had in place. And yep. it took, you know, it took probably about four games longer than it needed to for it to happen, but it happened. And so let's not cry over spilt milk. Let's enjoy what the Denver Broncos accomplished today on the road. This wasn't just a, an authoritative win over, you know, 500 team. This is the Houston Texans who were number one in their division, right. eight and four cruising for the playoffs. I mean, the, the comments I saw before the game from, including from colleagues and, and national alike national analysts is that, you know, Drew Locke showed promise in his debut, but Deshaun Watson is truly one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's just not going to have what it takes. And I mean, motorboat, motorboat. It was right out of the gates, dude. Drew Locke was feeling it. That first throw to no offense. We're going to dive into it, but first, just really quick, you guys, a couple of quick matters of business. We're going to get to our commenters, everyone who's joined us in the room already. Welcome. Appreciate you guys. We see our super chat superstars already jumping in. We're going to get to you next. First, just a couple of quick matters of business. A reminder. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, you guys. Huddle up pod at huddle up pod. That's the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And so many of you have have funneled over there, and the the numbers have grown. But it, you know, the, for the tens of thousands of people that listen to this show each and every day that we do the pod, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to and enjoy the show, only a fraction of you are following the show on on Twitter. So migrate over there, help us bump those numbers up, and then don't forget. Leave your creative review on Apple Podcasts when you get some time. Give us a creative review. Let us know how we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, give us a five-star rating and enter yourself into the drawing that we give away a couple of hats, a couple of shirts, whatever it might be. Each month we randomly select. I already heard from one of the two who won in November. Rich, you you got some swag coming your way uh, this coming week, brother. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, head over there, you guys. It's also a great way to support the Huddle Up podcast by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's uh, let's dive in real quick here to what is on the minds of our great listeners. And man, the comment stream is already fire. It is lit. Let's see what our good friend Chris has to say. 
jumping up with a twenty-one dollar donation <laughs> on Super Chat. Heck yeah, dude! Appreciate you, brother. He says Buzz Lightyear to the rescue, and I think that's how fans are feeling right now. Like finally, someone has swooped in with the cape, right? Yeah, Buzz Lightyear cruising in. We saw, of course, for those of you who don't know the Buzz Lightyear reference, I mean, they I think they covered it on the TV broadcast today, but that's what Dalton Reisner was calling Drew Locke last week, you know, leading up to the Chargers game, kind of poking fun at his, at his uh, OTA's roommate for the wristband, right? Because he kept having to look at his wristband. It looks like Buzz Lightyear. And today, man, Drew Locke just played on that, and it was fire, dude. I love to see him embracing that nickname and for it to get a national attention. There was the NFL accounts tweeting about it. And just it's a great look for the Broncos to have that young spark under center. He already has a nickname. He's making plays out there. It's so rewarding for the fan base to finally have that hope under center. Uh, Locke could not have looked better today, Chad, to me, except for that one pick. The one pick. And that's the thing, you guys, that we're going to continue to see is at least once a game, you're going to see one of those rookie throws that the only way you can learn the NFL is live bullets. Sometimes you have to bump your head and then you go, okay, next time if I throw that route, you know, I got to hold the safety significantly longer with my eyes or I got to go somewhere else with the ball. But Stu jumping in with a $25 donation on Super Thank Chat. You, One of our true super uh, superstars on yes. Super Chat. He says, we have our QB. Pretty definitive. I mean, it's only two games. Now let's keep in mind, Drew Locke, we can say, look, it's only two games. You know, let's pump the brakes. And maybe there's some logic in that, you know, that philosophy. But Drew Locke is only the, the third quarterback ever in Broncos history, rookie quarterback, to win their first two starts. The last one, and mention it again today on the broadcast, we talked about it on this podcast last week, was John Elway, his boss. Hmm. If that, Zach, is not a positive, encouraging harbinger of what the future holds with this team with Locke under center, I don't know what would. And you know what? He's not just getting by. The Broncos aren't winning in spite of him. He's making plays out there, and he sometimes he looks like a 10-year vet, Chad, with his com- comfortability in the, bro- in the offense, in the pocket. He's not rattled. He's using different arm angles. He's making plays. He has a true command of the huddle that I think even Flacco never really had in all his time as a starter. So it's that it factor. It comes back to that again. You either have it or you don't, and Locke is showing every week now. Last two weeks, he has that. And about his interception, I'm almost glad that he threw that. He's to get better he's gonna be a better quarterback because of those mistakes he's a natural gunslinger instead of of place he's gonna make he's gonna take with the good with the bad but that bad will make him better so i'm encouraged by even his mistakes today absolutely i mean even the great deshaun watson who everyone was tripping over themselves to compliment leading up to this game and and for good reason he is one of the best young quarterbacks in this league you saw how dynamic he is the broncos got out to a phenomenal start on both sides of the ball motorboat this team up and down the field. Watson tried to hang, but it was too little too late. He put up some garbage time points late, but he threw two picks. One of them was a tip ball, but the second one was, you know, inexcusable that Will Parks interception that iced the game completely. It happens is what I'm getting at quarterbacks, especially when they're trying to be aggressive and push the ball vertically. The interceptions are going to come. What's most encouraging is that drew Locke, man, he, how many plays did they have of over 20 yards today passing? I mean, it Mm. was unreal. Like, I can't remember the last time it was just bam, 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 bam. Like probably Peyton Manning era was the last time we had that level of proficiency on the offensive side of the ball. And it's only a single game sample size. Now with Locke, two games, one game as far as prolific production. But if that's not the most encouraging thing to see, I I mean, I don't know what it is. And Brian jumping in with a $2 donation on Super Chat. He says, Drew Locke is the real deal, Zach. 
It wasn't just proficiency. I mean, look at the people that Drew Locke got involved today. I mean, Hireman, um, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Devontae Booker, everyone was involved in this Broncos offense. We haven't seen that complimentary ball, that complimentary attack in quite some time. It's just what you talk about, what we talk about on the pod all the time, having a dynamic quarterback under center who can do multiple things. It boosts the entire offense. It raises all ships, as you like to say, Chad. It's the truth. When you have that guy who can run out, uh, scramble in the pocket by himself, some time, change the arm angles mid-throw, can make plays down the field, the intermediate passes, it opens up the offense for every player involved. We're always waiting for Deshaun Hamilton. We talk about his production. I think we might see an uptick now only because you have a quarterback who can get the ball, throw any route in the route tree, and, and make plays down the field. And he made some phenomenal throws today, Drew Locke. I mean, yeah, you want that one back that was picked off by Deshaun Gibson, but man, especially that touchdown throw to Noah Fant that got the whole party started. Threading the needle, dude, like putting that – and Fan almost dropped it, by the way. You guys probably caught that on the replay, but thankfully he hauled it in. And uh, Noah Fan, of course, left the game late with a – looks like a foot injury, and hopefully we'll have some news on that. Zach, what I'm hoping to see is finally Vic Fangio show some love and give some props to Drew Locke because he's been pretty – stingy right and that's the way he is with doling out praise but if this wasn't a praiseworthy game for a young quarterback I mean if you don't go out on a limb today and just get out in front and tip your cap to that young quarterback as the head coach then you start running the risk of getting inside his head it's like what do I have to do bro I just went over 300 yards three touchdowns motorboat a playoff caliber team like give me some props and by the way Dallin jumping in two dollar donation on super chat thank you bro he says uh, let's go locked in from now on $2 donation. And then Steven Baumgartner jumping oh, in super chat, you. superstar $50 donation. Thank you, Steven. He says lock looks like the QB of the future. Do you think the Broncos have their QB of the future now, Zach? Listen, I, I, it's a little, I would say a little too soon to say he's the definitive franchise guy the next 10 years. These were two impressive wins, no doubt, but I want to see a little more from Drew Locke. And the, the thing with building him up, too, is you don't want to give him too big of a head either. You don't want to go out and praise the guy, then he gets overly confident. He has to be hungry, and he has to keep fixing his mistakes and his weaknesses, which he does still have in his game. But the Broncos, I think, have more hope under center now than they've had since Peyton Manning hung up his cleats. I think that is definitive. Whether he's the 10-year, 15-year starter, I want to see a little more, though, from Drew Locke. Without a doubt. The closest thing I can get to, if fans can think back to 2016, and Trevor Simeon went on the road and put up four touchdowns on the Cincinnati Bengals, but it wasn't anywhere near the dynamic play that we saw today. Basically, he had Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas just make some phenomenal plays and Simeon, you know, he made the plays that were there to be made tip your cap to him and and whatnot. That's the closest thing I can come to of thinking of a dynamic quarterback performance of this caliber post Peyton Manning era. And getting back to the point though, about whether or not the Broncos have their guy. Listen, I've been telling you and Zach as well, since the Broncos, before the Broncos even drafted Locke, we've been telling you that he has franchise caliber tools does it mean that he's going to put it all together? No, because there were – I mean, Jamarcus Russell had franchise caliber tools, but you got to put it all together. I think Locke is going to put it all together. I'll go out on a limb now. Like, I think this – the future is going to be bright with Drew Locke. I think even if the Broncos don't go on to win all of their remaining games this year, Locke's going to do enough to completely assure and encourage this front office to go, all right, time to build the nest. And he's at least going to get 2020 – to be the guy unencumbered, to use Joe Flacco's 
verbiage, Zach, <laughs> the understood quarterback. And Solomon, by the way, jumping in with a $25 donation. Thank you, He Solomon. says, Zach, Locke is our franchise quarterback without any doubt in my 35 years of pulling for the Broncos. It's a great point you just made, Chad, and one I was thinking also. I think at the very minimum now, two wins, two big wins. He just went on the road and beat a playoff caliber Texans team who just beat the Patriots. I think he's done enough at this point to get himself all of 2020, and that couldn't be a better decision on the Broncos' part. No quarterback competition, no distractions. Just make him the guy, have some continuity in the Broncos coaching staff, and go with it in 2020, and I think he'll grow in the system with Scangarello, Fangio all together. They can't keep turning over these positions and these bad they have to keep one guy, and I think based on the last two weeks, Locke for sure, I think assuage the Broncos' worries enough to give him next year. Our good friend, Broncos fan, number 24, jumping in with a $10 donation Thank on you. Super Chat, but with a comment that, you know, this is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. We get your point, though, my brother. Let's uh, let's move on here to, man, the comment stream. You guys bear with me. I got I to gotta get through this. It's hot and heavy. There we go. Anthony. Jumping in with a $10 donation on Super Chat. He says, Locke looked great so far. Scangarello looked like he trusted his QB for the first time this season. That brings up a good point, Zach. And th- Anthony, thank you, my brother. Really appreciate you. Yes. You know, Scangarello's been under fire the last few weeks, and especially last week after Locke showed so much promise in that first half. And then they completely just take their foot off the gas in the second, 36 yards of offense in the second half, end up winning that game by the skin of their teeth. That first half was just a dynamic offense in every way that you could imagine today. And even in the second half, you know, the thing you got to keep in mind is the Broncos were already over 30 points going into the third quarter. At least they got another touchdown on the board, added to the lead. Like, I'm not going to criticize a team that has that much of a lead. All right. Multi-score, what was it at one point? Four-score lead mm-hmm. by, you know, running the ball and trying to kill some clock late. This This game was never in doubt from whatever it was, middle of the second quarter on set. But this is what I said to start the broadcast today. This is what, when you give Scangarello the quarterback who best fits his system, it's no coincidence that he calls his best game. Flacco wasn't his guy. Brandon Allen wasn't his guy. They were fitting round pegs into square holes. And now that he had more than one week, just as we thought on the pods coming into this game, now that Scangarello had more than one week with Locke, he had a full week of tape, a full week of practice. They open up the playbook more and call more plays that were conducive to Locke's success. What I did like, though, about Locke, he audibled at the line. He changed plays on. Uh, in the moment, he would throw quick slants when he saw the defense was overcommitting. Those are just plays that you can't teach, and those are plays that are far ahead of a rookie, and I think he's wise beyond his ears when it comes to the NFL. And you got to point to that 10-week exile that he had on injured reserve. I mean, all of his coaches said they think it served him well, and it actually increased the learning, like it it shortened the learning curve on the mental side of things for him. It allowed him to process the game mentally without the pressures or the demand of having to go out perform execute and play and now you're seeing that come you know we get paid back in dividends you're seeing it in action on the field in live bullets and that's a good example of i think zach you know the audibles throwing the right routes you know exploiting the coverage you're still going to see the occasional rookie face palm it's going to happen but right. man what an encouraging start dylan though jumping in with a ten dollar donation thank you makes dylan. a great point here kareem jackson worth every penny and zach Jackson came into this game clearly inspired to show his former team of nine seasons. What in the heck were you thinking? 
What a homecoming for uh, Kareem Jackson, though. I mean, he had that big touchdown. He looked like Steve Outwater out there laying the lumber. He had his own personal highlight reel in this game. I mean, Jackson has worth, been worth every penny, and also with A.J. Johnson, he's been the MVP of this defense. It's been no coincidence that the defense has settled down, the secondary especially, and I'm so encouraged and I'm so happy and optimistic about the Broncos having that tandem. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, what a duo at safety for the Broncos, hopefully for many years to come. He was laying the wood. I mean, that was phenomenal. That And what a heads-up play by Jeremiah Attachu to right. on that fumble recovery. Yeah. He's about to go down. He's you know tackled basically in the grasp. I'm surprised they didn't blow the whistle right there. Yeah. But they didn't, and they, he laterals it you know, to, uh, to Kareem Jackson, who takes it, whatever it was, 67 yards to the house. Heads-up play by both guys. Alexander Johnson, again, making a game-changing play. And then he gets the interception, does Jackson. He had multiple passes defensed. That huge hit on DeAndre Hopkins in which Watson almost got his, his number one target killed. But, you know, you got to wonder also, Josh Carney, one of Mile High Huddle's film analysts, he does an article each and every week that previews kind of the biggest offensive weapon the Broncos need to shut down in order to maximize their odds of winning. This week, Zach, the player he chose was Will Fuller. And at the last minute game time decision, he ended up being a scratch. I can't, I, I have to wonder what that would have done to change the shape of the game, at least for the Broncos defense. I don't think it would have changed what Drew Locke was doing today, though. He no. came into this game, a man with a mission, just Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond and just, just making hay. Maybe the final score would have been a little closer if Fuller were to play because he's that over-the-top presence that the Broncos traditionally struggle with. He's a burner, um, but it wouldn't have changed the offensive production. The Broncos, it's so encouraging to say the Broncos won on the arm of the rookie quarterback, not their defense today. Brian jumping in with a $5 donation Thank on you, Super Chat. Appreciate you, brother. He says, if you could trade Drew for any QB in the league, name ones you would trade for. <sighs> You know, that's a weird question to ask at this time, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Give me Patrick Mahomes, right? Right. Russell Wilson. I mean, there's a lot of QBs you can trade for that are a lot better than, than Locke right now. As encouraging as he looks, let's not put him up there with the Mahomes is just yet. He needs to prove himself just a little bit more. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Chandler jumping in with a $5 donation. Wants to know if there's any update on the fan injury. Guys, we go live immediately following the game, and um, I think that's something that we'll try and keep an eye on, see if we can get anything back. We can check Twitter on that. Uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll try and have some info for you by the time we jump off the podcast. But at this time, I'm not sure. Hey, we, I think I saw a comment that said he, it was reported that his foot got stepped on and it, x-rays were negative. So hopefully that's best case scenario. He was carted off the field. So if it's just a little uh, nick or a little sprain, that's that's a good situation for Fant. But let's talk about Fant. And he caught all four of his targets today, 113 yards, the second career 100-yard game for him in his rookie year. A touchdown, had a long of 48 yards, that first pass that Locke had that busted this thing wide open for the team. Noah Fant, and even Jeff Hireman, with him in the game, he received one target. It was that eight-yard touchdown. But Fant, man, he was a dynamic – you start – again, going back to what we said at the top of the show, Zach, you're starting to catch the vision – of what John Elway and and Vic Fangio have in mind ultimately for where this team can end up. If you if Drew Lock indeed, if this is a harbinger of what's to come for the Denver Broncos, you have your number one wideout in Cortland Sutton, who the Texans did a pretty good job of limiting today. Seven targets, five receptions, thirty four yards. Noah Fant, though, you know you can you can swing all your coverage to account for Sutton. That's fine. Drew Lock's going to take Noah Fant four or five speed, making plays, breaking tackles, scoring touchdowns. Yeah. And then if you swing your coverage to account for that, he'll just go right back to Sutton. And Philip Lindsay, you know, that's another thing the Texans did today, a pretty good job of bottling up the rushing game. But the Broncos still got close to 100 yards, and it was mostly an aerial attack. Drew Locke, by the way, finishes that 22 of 27, 309 yards, three mm-hmm. touchdowns, one interception, quarterback rating of 136. That's so impressive, and and every time I swear to God, I see Fant run, he breaks the tackle. It looks like a miniature Rob Gronkowski to me. I'm not saying he is yet, but you can see the glimpses. You can see why he was compared to Gronk in the pre-draft process. It's so encouraging. The Broncos have their QB one, their wide receiver one, their tight end one, and their running back one. This is an offense that's loaded with a young nucleus of talent, and 2020, I'm telling you guys right now, it's going to be a very, very fun year. Joseph jumping in, $20 donation. Appreciate you, brother. He says, I want a couple bucks on the Broncos, so I figured I'd pass it down to my football priest. Appreciate you. Absolutely. I don't have a question, but I do want to say that it feels good having Scangarello loosen the reins. And again, that's worth that's worth talking about. We heard from John Elway on the subject earlier this week in his Elway Access. We talked about it on one of the podcasts this past week. I can't remember which one, in which he basically said, look, Rich hasn't had it easy. He's had three quarterbacks he's had to you know figure out how to game plan for including two who made their first career starts under his tutelage. And, you know, so he deserves some kind of, uh, you know, acknowledgement that that it hasn't been the perfect circumstances. However, he does need to figure out a way to improve in, in the second half. And the complexion in this game, Zach, I mean, the Broncos got out to such a significant lead. I don't, even though there might be some fans who might pick a bone with this, I don't think that the Broncos completely just batten down the hatches in the second half like we saw last week and like we've seen from Scangarello in games past, like the Minnesota game. I think that they still kept their foot on the gas, especially in the third quarter. But after they got that second or that that second half touchdown, there was no reason to just keep going balls to the wall. I mean, they were three and four scores in the second half ahead of the Houston Texans. There's no reason to continue going for broke at that point. You become a not smart coach trying to push the envelope when you just need to milk that clock and get off the field. 
Right. Sometimes being too aggressive is worse than being too conservative. So I agree with that. And you can't all blame uh, the quarterbacking or the injuries on Scangarello. He was getting very conservative in the second half of game games. And it seems like when he got off his scripts in the first half, he just went into a shell, went very conservative. And you saw the rookie side of his coaching come out. But today was a whole different ball game for Scangarello today. He called his best game by far. And like you said, he kept his foot on the Texans next. He did not get conservative. He stayed north and south, not east and west. He played downfield football today, taking advantage of Drew Locke's arm strength. I give Scans a lot of credit, but it all comes back to having this quarterback under center who best fits his scheme. They drafted Locke with Scans in place, and they hired Scans with a young quarterback in mind. So yep. that's that's it's just a, a good plan coming to fruition. And, man, that arm talent was on full display once again. I mean, he made some accurate throws. But just, you know, in the the TV broadcast, he was getting a little irritated because of Locke's reputation going into the draft of having poor discipline with his foot mechanics and his throwing base. Look, man, Patrick Mahomes throws darts left and right. and I mean, probably half of them on these big plays that he makes, he's not setting his feet. It's because they have an elite arm and they can get away with it. Now, you have to – pick your battles you have to know when and when not to you know throw off your back foot or fading back but Locke's arm talent was on full display today and it was so encouraging trick lessons jumping in with a ten dollar donation on super appreciate chat you. thanks bro appreciate you he says what do you think about the next three games i say we go two and one also zach has come to the dark <laughs> side i agree no qb competitions Locke is our guy for 2020 at least it's true, and I think he's done enough now to where he's he's established himself as the Broncos starter, and he, the team rallies around him, so you really can't pull him out of the lineup for now. For who? If you go back to Joe Flacco, to go to Brandon Allen, to go to Brett Rippon, whatever. No, you're stuck with Drew now, and the team is rallying. So as long as he keeps being Drew Locke, I mean, the Broncos can't go away from him. So the next three games, the Denver Broncos have to go on the road again next week to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's going to be – I mean, today was a really good litmus test for the Broncos and for Drew Locke going on the road against a playoff-caliber team. Next week is going to be the true litmus test because the Broncos, as most fans know, haven't beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since week two of the 2015 season, and that victory was at Arrowhead Stadium. So they're due. They are due for a win, Zach. I'm not sure they get it. Well, I'll have to wait and see how the week unfolds, and I'll ultimately make my pick on the Mile High Roundtable next Friday at milehighhuddle.com. But that Chiefs game, I'm not sure. I think the next two, which are home stands against Detroit and the Oakland Raiders to end the season. Yeah, I could. I think probably two and one. That's a pretty safe bet, Zach. I do too. And you know what? 3-0 is not out of the question at all. I mean, they can beat the Chiefs. They have the defensive firepower to limit Mahomes, and I think Locke has the offensive power and the confidence right now, the momentum working in his favor after two straight wins to maybe hang with Mahomes, maybe do enough to give the Broncos a chance. I don't really care about win, a win or a loss in that game. I just want to see, like always, Locke's progression from snap to snap, from throw to throw. If he can hang in there with the MVP from last season, that is such a great sign for the Broncos' future. Jordan jumping in with a $25 donation Thank on your chat, wearing matching hats with yours truly. <laughs> he says, Elway has received a lot of heat this season, but he deserves credit for these last two weeks. Drew Locke played great today. I'll tell you what Elway deserves some credit for. You know, he's a lot of the fiery darts with which he's been pelted over the last couple of seasons. From VJ, the depredations of VJ, an eight-game losing streak in 2017, two different four-game losing streaks last year, you know, getting out to an 0-4 start this year under Fangio, Joe Flacco being in his prime, you know, 
dragging your heels on getting Drew Locke out onto the field, the whole questionable thing about even putting Locke on IR to begin with, what he does deserve credit on is he seems to, at this stage, have been 100% right about his gut with regard to Drew Locke. And you're starting to see these other pieces because, you know, what the last few years have proven, Zach, if anything, is that you can have strategic building block pieces across the roster, and that'll get you part of the way. But without that dynamic franchise caliber quarterback, you're dead in the water. And what you're seeing today is that maybe a lot of these moves that Elway has made in other parts of the roster have been really good moves that we just haven't been able to see the team maximize because they've been missing that one last and most crucial component, which is the quarterback. So tip your cap to Elway that he was right about Drew Luck. When you don't have the quarterback and have everything else in place, you get 2016, which is a 9-7 and season with a, a non-dynamic quarterback under center, a quarterback who can do enough to win with a team around him that it's probably championship caliber. So you add that quarterback in the mix, the most important position, not only in the NFL, but all of sports. One throw by Locke today epitomized what he can do. Off his back foot, a dime in the breadbasket of Tim Patrick down the field. That's yep. a throw only Drew Locke can make and few other quarterbacks in the NFL can make. He's doing it in his second career start you cannot be more excited about that you're right that's probably my favorite throw of his today the, the touchdown to Fant was sick but that throw to Patrick man was I mean that was just dynamic arm talent that's probably the 10th time today I've used the d word dynamic to describe Drew Locke's performance but you cannot I mean, yeah I mean it's 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 appropriate that's what it deserved Big Daddy Kane jumping in with a $20 donation on Super Chat he says, always try to make your pods love your work. Appreciate you. Appreciate brother. you. Yeah. Really do. Each and every one of you, you know, this podcast has continued to grow. And the more we've decided to take the show live on YouTube and Facebook, you know, it's exposing the podcast to more and more new fans. And it's it's really grown and, and taken on a life of its own. So thanks to each and every one of you guys. And Zach, one thing I want to touch on, a couple other storylines from today. Drew Locke did finally get sacked uh, one time. He's been sacked now officially as far as the record goes. He was sacked another time, but it was wiped off by a defensive holding foul. But you got to tip your cap to the big uglies who, you know, they've done a really good job protecting their rookie quarterback. You know, they've gone to battle for him, a guy that, look, they've they tried to make best with the walking cadaver that was Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback. They tried to make do with a significantly more mobile but but physically limited Brandon Allen. And with Drew Locke, they know this is this is where the rubber meets the road. Like, this is our future. We have to step up. And I think they have. It hasn't been perfect. But what more could you really ask of that offensive line to do for these for, for Drew Locke than what they have these, these last two games? Getting Juwan James back today, even on a pitch count, was so big for the Broncos starting five. Because when he's healthy and when he's playing and when he's, I guess, mentally ready to play, he's a really good tackle on that right side. They all played pretty well today, except for Garrett Bowles being Garrett Bowles and literally taking points off the scoreboard now. But I give a lot of credit to the Broncos line. Also, the fact, again, that Drew Locke makes plays with his feet. He bought himself time by rolling out of the pocket, by changing the play. A lot was on Drew Locke, too, to avoid those sacks. Everything he did today was what Joe Flacco wasn't doing when he was starting. He was walking into sacks. He wasn't changing the play. He had no movement, no dy- dynamicism. dynamicism. Uh, yeah. So that's what happens when you have, a, a, like you said, a walking cadaver as your starting <laughs> quarterback. That's the hey, best way to put it. Someone get a finger on Joe Flacco's neck and make sure there's still a pulse. Um, Jacob Smith jumping in with a comment here. John Elway needs to be held accountable for trading back for Noah Fant, which created the scenario that netted both Dalton Reisner and Drew Locke. And, yeah, you got to tip your cap to him. Like, 
And for what it's worth, that's never been the way those first three picks shook out for the Broncos in this past draft. I've not criticized it one time because you got three blue chip players in the first 42 selections. Like, I mean, that's, that's doing what you need to be, what you should be doing as a GM and a front office czar. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of the, the many uh, followers of the Broncos, people close to the Broncos who wanted uh, Devin Bush in the first round or an inside linebacker. I was not crazy about the fan selection, but I, I love to be wrong. I love to eat crow right now. Elway did a masterful job getting those three players, like Chad just said, within the first 42 picks of the draft. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Juwan James, as Zach mentioned, was on a pitch count today. I lamented on Twitter that one sack that Elijah Wilkinson did give up today at right tackle on Drew Locke. Why on third and 16 do you not have your $51 million right tackle? Mm. I mean, if you're going to put him on a pitch count, Zach, that's fine. I understand. Ease him back in. Learn your lesson from week eight where you feel like maybe you rushed him a little bit. But if you're going to have him dress and you're going to put him on a pitch count, maybe put him on the field for (laughs) the most crucial situations. Third and 16 seems to me, Zach, down and distance wise, like if I'm a defensive coordinator, that's where I'm coming after my this this quarterback. And that's where you want your right tackle to be able to hold up. Yeah, I mean, we we say that Scangarello called a really good game today and his best game, but it wasn't a perfect game by far. And that's what you'll see with a rookie coordinator. He has to get those assignments down and maybe give that tackle some help on third and long. If he's in the throw, maybe put your $51 million tackle in the game. But I'm just happy he played, Chad. He played more than a handful of snaps and didn't suffer another injury. So positive progress from Juwan James. Also, you know, tip your cap to Von Miller for getting out there and yes. and uh, gutting through a imperfect knee. And I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this, Zach. 
Nick Kendall published an article at Mile High Huddle earlier this week, which said, here's why the Broncos should shut down Von Miller for the year. You know, basically his argument simply being that what the Broncos chances of making the playoffs being equivalent to that of a snowball's chance in hell, why risk Von Miller banged up knee, sprained knee, when it could perhaps compromise 2020. Right now it should all be about 2020. Just shut him down, put him on IR, let the young guys play. He didn't uh, have a phenomenal game today, but he was really good. And the Broncos got the victory. Your take on whether or not the Broncos would have been wise or would be wise to shut him down. Well, I mean, it's hindsight now, and he got through today's game without any setbacks, but I tend to agree with Nick. I mean, watching him run today, Chad, you can tell he was clearly hobbled. I was wincing for Von Miller today. Just watching him, you can tell he was in pain. So I tend to agree with Nick's assessment. If he went down and retore his ACL, let's say, uh, that would damage his 2020 outlook and would hurt the Broncos' chances as well. They're not in, in contention this season. They're not going to make the playoffs. You have some young players in Holland. You have some young players in Itachi who can get out there and start at li- outside linebacker. So... If it came to it, I probably would have held Vaughn out, but it, it, it's admirable that he you know, pushed through to the injury today and you know, he got it through. Here's a good question, and then, guys, we'll take maybe one or two more, and then we got to get out of here for today and go get some post-game coverage up on this awesome win for your Denver Broncos. TJ wants to know, is, the, is next week Broncos versus Chiefs, Locke versus Mahomes, a good indicator of what the next five years is going to present for this team? It could be an indicator of the next decade for the AFC West in this battle of two gunslinging quarterbacks. But I think this win today was an indicator for the Broncos' future for 2020 and beyond. Like I mentioned, this was a turning point statement win for Denver. And we will all look back at this Texans game as the end that sparked Drew Locke's run with Vic Fangio. So win or lose next week, you're going to see a preview of what the AFC West will look like for, I think, the next decade. And it's important to remember, too, whether the Broncos win or lose next week. They're significantly hobbled. I mean, they don't have Bradley Chubb. I mean, there's there's a lot of a, a lot of players right now sitting on Broncos injured reserve that, you know, and and who knows? Maybe next year Chris Harris won't be a Bronco. We don't know what's going to happen with Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris. Like there's so many Justin Simmons. There's so many question marks that uh, you know remain unanswered at this stage. But still, you know, it, it's as Zach said, just that battle one on one of Locke versus Mahomes. And by the way, of course. Even though they're more contemporaries uh, and peers, Locke, of course, you know, growing up in Missouri, he was a Chiefs guy growing up and loved Mahomes as a college quarterback. It's still playing at Mizzou and Mahomes is, you know, making hay last year for the Chiefs. He's talked about his admiration for Patrick Mahomes. How cool would it be to see him go into Arrowhead and get Hmm. the Broncos their first win against the Chiefs since 2015? Now, Buana Beast says the O-line has problems getting a push in the run game. The pass blocking was great. You know, I would I would concur with that. I thought the Broncos, Zach, would be able to make a little bit more hay on the ground today, especially with how loose Locke was was loosening up that secondary with the passing game. And considering also, Zach, that the Texans were one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL going into this game, no J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, long gone as well. I thought that there'd be a little bit more room to run for Philip Lindsay and Freeman. So you'd like to see the starting five, you know, be able to create a little bit more room considering all those factors and conditions, but – you know, a win's a win. 
I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I th- what I saw from Lindsey is that he had some nice you know run plays inside. But this is where I go back to coaching and, and Scangarello keep calling inside runs for Lindsey, not bouncing him outside, not really getting the ball to him in space. There was a lack of screen passes today. I understand it's another new quarterback. I understand it's a, it's a scheme difference, but um, they can't have Lindsey keep banging the ball inside. That is Freeman's job. So the more they do that, they're not going to get that running game going. But once they do, and that clicks with Locke also, this will be a dangerous, dangerous offense. On the defensive line, we have a question here from Nick, and then we're going to get out of here for today, you guys. He says, thoughts on Demarcus Walker's game, and did anyone on the D-line surprise you? I don't know that anyone surprised me today, Zach, on the D-line. It was great to see Shelby Harris make some plays, including that batted pass in a crucial situation Demarcus Walker, I mean, I saw him chasing Watson around a lot today. And, you know, this was a one-time viewing. I haven't watched the film yet. The coach's film won't even come out till Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see what kind of pressures pro football focus divvies out for that D-line. But I think, I mean, all things considered, the Broncos sacked him, Watson, three times. That was without Bradley Chubb. That was without their leading sacker this season of Derek Wolf. So I think, and also Draymond Jones going down early. So you got to tip your cap to what Fangio and that D-line was ultimately able to do. Even if it wasn't, you know, seven, eight sack game, they got the job done. I could be wrong, but I think Walker had a bad pass late in the game. I might, might be wrong on that. But, you know, even so, Shelby Harris had one. He has an NFL high seven batted balls among defensive linemen now. They need, Broncos need to pay that man. I think Gottis did a pretty good job setting the edge uh, in place of Derek Wolf starting today. No one really balled out on the D-line that we're going to just uh, – uh, talk about more than drew lock right now but i think they all played solidly they all did, held their responsibilities well and and did their assignments well all right you guys thank you so much for joining us once again on a gut reaction to what is just the fifth victory for your denver broncos this season they still have a chance to avoid a third consecutive losing season if they can win out if they can win out and you know if they get through next week's game if they can win on the road at arrowhead there's nothing going to be able to stop this team probably from finishing eight and eight, but only the future, you know, will will have that answer and time will tell. So it'll be fun to see how that shakes out, but you guys, that'll do it for today's episode of the huddle up podcast. Massive thanks to our super chat superstars who are keeping the show afloat, allowing us financially to do some cool things that we're going to be unveiling toward the end of this month. And in 2020, look forward to that, but guys, thank you so much for that support. It means the world to us. Yeah, and it's it's nice to revel in a victory with you guys for once. And, and for once, I should say, it's been such a long couple years for the Broncos and their quarterback. Shad and I know that we've done a lot of pods together. Not always have the best post game reactions. So it's nice that we have a quarterback that's it's aspiring such confidence in the fan base and the team. It's just a really exciting time in Denver right now. You guys deserve to be on cloud nine. Not only with the Absolutely. team getting a road win over a playoff caliber opponent. But seeing Drew Locke just completely blow the doors down, like Locke's season is officially going to, you know, it's it's the rocket leaving Cape Canaveral and boom, up into the stratosphere. You thought there was hype following his first win against the Chargers. I mean, the next week is just going to be so fun to engage with fans and just, you deserve it. Be on cloud nine. Stay on cloud yes. nine. You have a lot to be excited about, you guys. The future is bright with Drew Locke. At, uh, at quarterback for this team. So quick reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. Best way to keep your finger on the pulse. And don't forget to also follow my partner, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. You can see there myself at Chad and Jensen, and then stay tuned. We'll be back with another live pod tomorrow night, Monday night, 6 PM mountain 
8 p.m. Eastern. We'll die, uh, you know, go through and, and dice through the Vic Fangio postgame comments, Drew Locke's postgame comments, whatever Fangio has to say tomorrow at the podium around noon. So we'll uh, we'll be able to analyze all that stuff. A lot's going to happen between now and then. So we'll look forward to breaking that down for you guys. And Zach, have a great uh, rest of your weekend, my bro. You too as well. We'll talk tomorrow night. I'm already locked in, Chad. Locked in. Lock season, you guys. All right. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Enjoy being on Cloud9, you guys. You deserve it. We will talk to you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.